0: Welcome to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage.
1: My name is Heath Yearwood,
0: and I'm Amanda Yearwood,
1: and thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you.
0: Welcome back to a second episode with our friends, Marty and Angie Hardiman. We're so glad that they've joined us, um, and we're excited to hear a little more about Marty's story. But before we do that, um, I think Heath is going to tell some funny stuff. Well, (laughs) uh, you
1: know when you have a company come over, you have to throw everything and hide it and get it out of the way because you don't want people to see all your dirty laundry. Well, we have a basement that's really kind of an unfinished basement. It has painted walls, but the ceiling's not finished and all that. Well, the where you pull to come to the house is at the very end of it. And she was wanting me to lead them up the steps through the front, then down the <laughs> steps to come back into this room.
0: Listen, okay, to prepare when company's coming, in, there, there are just a few areas that you actually prepare. Like the areas that you know people will use, like... The living room, the kitchen, you want to make sure it's straight, and the guest bathroom. But right. the, we are not in any of those places <laughs> so right so now. So we're in a,
1: a bedroom downstairs with all the hand-me-down uh, furniture that's downstairs, <laughs> And uh, so the funny part of it I said it's just Marty and Angie They'll be fine They won't care Because we have junk From our kids moving dorm rooms Two or three different times And then they, they've they outgrown Some of the stuff And they leave their junk behind And so we just store it So uh, that kind of leads A little bit behind that That Amanda and I We were married A few years after Marty and Angie Were married And uh, we end up having A couch and chair from y'all I don't know if y'all remember that one <laughs> yeah. But uh we, they had a couch and chair that they had bought a new one or something, and we were getting me. I had a trailer and all, and so we were so
0: proud of those. Remember, we covered those at Mickey's, uh, where, Mar- where Marty
1: and I talked about. He let us, you know, we just had to pay for the material, and, and he let me cover it up there. Or he did the sewing and everything. We just helped tear it off and did that. And so, they
0: fit perfectly in our tiny little living room in our, our
1: in single, a, wide single wide trailer. trailer. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, we talk about memories like that, uh, when we first. Got married, you know. uh, Y'all told a little bit, Marty. You when y'all first got married, uh, you you, what did you say y'all lived? We lived with my mother and my stepfather. Yeah, where I grew
2: up there in the Simcoe community. So, uh, well, we. we got engaged or I proposed whatever she All right, all, right, all, right,
1: all right. We're going to stop right you there. need to back up to <laughs> see? Yeah, we, we, our, our running joke is that we always talk about these proposals like they give for a prom to ask a person out. They almost hire a sky rider or a diver to come in and do something. Well, our running joke with our marriage, and we almost just had an understanding. I remember looking at her on the porch and saying, hey, do you, you want to get married? I didn't have a ring. I didn't have anything at the time. We just said, you want to get married? And she was like, yeah. Me and so know. that was ours. And I thought we were really there. But now, Marty, you kind of have a similar story. Oh, it was very romantic. So I w- it got
2: to where I could just go and come at her home. Her mom and dad didn't mind. So
3: I don't know where i would be. That's been. because we had dated for 10 years. Let's be clear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. so, so we've been
3: together. <laughs> but, come boy, the trigger so it,
2: I don't know where i had been, what was going on, but I went over there. It was 10 or 10. A ball game. Oh, a ball game. Sorry. <laughs> and she was actually asleep. <laughs> and I went in there to her bedroom and nudged her awake and asked her to what marry me do? and give her the ring. So <laughs> that
3: was it. And it, uh, So... There were no fireworks, there were no water tower signs, no. there were no... And we li- I don't know how many months we lived,
2: but we lived with my mom and stepfather because they were building, about to be ready to move in a new house that yeah. she had built. So that's why we were with them for a few months. And then of course they moved out and we had the home place for we a little... Um,
3: which I wasn't there very much when we first got married anyway. Yeah. Candy
2: had a bad Yeah, rate. Candy had that right. That's yeah. another episode. That's another yeah.
3: episode.
1: <laughs> so. Well, you know, you, you mentioned your mom and stepdad lived there, but one of the, the big parts of this episode and that we wanted to really talk about, you know, people out there, all of our stories are impactful and people can find areas that they relate to. Well, Marty kind of had to, uh, a story like that. You know, I remember hearing about it because, again, remember me telling the stories about a man that was always working at the ball games and all that. And I remember even in our community at John's Chapel hearing about uh, an accident that had taken place, and and uh, Marty's dad was killed in an accident. Marty, how old were you when that took place? Uh, I was thirteen. Yeah. 13. So, uh, you know, right now this this is what we're talking about today. Marty is fifty four. And he hasn't talked a lot about this even, you know, there, but he, I feel thankful that he's willing to talk about it a little bit. And Some of this is going to be hard uh, situations and everything. You know, when a 13-year-old loses their parent, there's any time an accident takes place. You know, we're talking about loved ones that have been terminally ill. We've mentioned today a little bit. The, the passing doesn't change, but at least you have a little bit of time to prepare and to think about it. But an accident is, you know, tell me a little bit about that day, Marty. When So I was in the seventh grade, uh, just a normal
2: day at school, sitting in seventh grade science class. Unfortunately, that building didn't burn when the fire, so I still mm-hmm. get to walk, walk by, by it every day <laughs> a lot. And so I'm sitting near the door, and Miss uh, Ann comes in, and she said that I was having to check out. Well, Miss Ann never went and checked people out. Right. Student aides did. So when um, go out, my one of my cousins who was out of school was there, and I thought, you know, why is he here? Why is Mickey here to get me? And so Todd was uh, ninth grader, and it was a Friday. It was a football game day, October the tenth. And so we um, we meet up with Todd, and we're leaving, and we don't leave normal, you know, usually you go out the high school entrance right. there, because, well, they take us out the elementary exit, and I'm like, you know, something's weird here, I see one of the neighbors, she's falling apart, she's, it's a, one of my friend's mothers, mm-hmm. so he, they tell us then, you know, our dad had been in an accident, and we was going to have to go to the hospital, so it, I was only 13, but something went right. right, I could just tell, and From the school to town on 69, you could see our house just on 69 there. And as we went by, there was a few cars there. And so my cousin Mickey said, oh, well, they must be home. So he turned us around, and we pulled up there. And I don't know who, what, nothing, but there was a few people there. I went in the house ahead of Todd and them, and no one was there. So obviously... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't, then we could see the, um, my mother and my aunt was helping a friend of ours at his farm. And so the county commissioners and the sheriff and some of those had actually went to get them because my dad was a state and county employee mm-hmm. with the roads. He was an engineer on the roads and that's what happened. So here comes a fleet of, you like you'd see it on TV. Busy. Yeah tinted windows and all that pulling in, and they were toting my mother.
1: Mm-hmm. So, And your brother was, you said, ninth grader at the time? Yes, yes.
0: And your sister would have been out of school. Then, she had just yeah.
2: finished in the spring.
1: Now, mm-hmm. was she around in this area, or was she off at... She was, she was still here, She, but she was not at...
2: I don't know where she was at. Right. I don't remember... When well, back then, I you didn't heard... have cell
1: phones. It wasn't oh, like no. you could get in touch with no. anyone. So, mm-hmm. you know, knowing where someone was at was yeah. not as easy as it is nowadays. Yeah. So then,
2: it just, family after family coming in, and it's pretty much a blurb. One of the things that stands out to me, though, is I remember the school bus right coming by. That was... I don't know why that's in my mind. But uh, they canceled the football game because Todd was a starter on the varsity and Daddy was a school trustee mm-hmm. at that time. And so they didn't play the game. And But as you can tell, it's pretty rough. Uh,
1: you know, and, and like I said, you being 13, him being a ninth grader and, you know, your sister there. With your dad being so involved with Fairview, that was a big thing because his reputation. You know, I talked to. um, I had supper the other day with Ricky Self, me and Amanda. It was on Friday night, and we were talking about that. And he was talking about your dad, and we told him we were going to have you on. And he talked about he remembered going to uh, was it church or something, but he remembered y'all taking him to eat and stuff, your daddy and him paying. But just talking about, you know, that was your dad was that kind of guy. You Know, I think y'all may have went to church together or something because he went to Holly Pond and y'all went to Fairview or something. I was like, Well, how
3: did you go there? Yeah, we grew up in church together.
0: Did was your dad very active in the youth association, or from what I understood in that conversation, he pretty much
3: wasn't
1: one of the kind of founders? Yeah, he
2: he was one of the founders of the football, right? Mm -hmm. And so then we started. With the basketball, kind of at our local school, and then it branched out into the county. But uh, he was one of the main leaders of the organization back then. And Lord has he rolled over in his grave since then (laughs) for the youth organization. I know. But he was a he was a deacon in our church. He was the song director and you know our family actually used to go and sing okay. oh, oh i didn't, didn't know, you know that. Oh, yeah i He'll didn't know that. Oh, no i'm not no i'm <laughs> way past it but we did and so like Was he did that and so it and you know it's been i still today people come up to me yep. and so i've had to kind of live with that my whole life too yeah. you know the expectations of
1: being his son yeah yeah and, you it's know, a
2: blessing and a curse.
1: It is, but but you've done a great job with that, and I know he'd be proud of you and your brother and your sister, all three, uh, and y'all's involvement, Fairview. You kept that going even out there. It's been a big thing that's there. Oh, uh, You know, with him being such a big part of y'all's life, like you said, you and your brother, and y'all were playing ball all the time with something. You know, when, when you lose a dad like that, it had to be hard playing ball still and doing different things. You know, while sometimes people just go completely opposite direction of things. But, you know, how did you continue on with things? Was there people that influenced your brother or your mama? You know, how, your mom, this had to be a devastating thing for her. Yeah, because she was, uh, I guess she was just about to turn 40. Wow. So
2: But she was a rock. And fortunately, our daddy had it set up to where... For years there, she didn't have to work, so she was able to fill some of those voids. And, mm-hmm. you know, what? We, we have good uncles, we have good cousins, we have coaches, we have teachers, but it's still not... It's not they day. just can't yeah. fill that void. No. And mother couldn't fill that void. Right. Uh, of course, we had family friends that would help, and I don't mean to discredit any of those folks, but it's but still, still not, not... And, you know, today... People like Amanda and Candy, and these counselors are trained. Back then, there wasn't nobody set me down and say, "Hey," right? And and like I said, this is probably the first time I've ever spoke even this Mm -hmm. much about it. So, uh, if I'm just thankful that today we have resources that those kids can go to. Mm -hmm. So, uh,
1: and we do, and that's one of the things with our school system. And I will say that about ours that in events like this they have a team of people that come in and you know that was in not only like what was impactful then you had friends that spent the night at your house that knew your daddy that was at those ball games everything it had to be very impactful for their lives as well because they lost someone they cared about and then you know you and todd and them going through what you're going through Um, and that's what we just want by sharing these stories here a little bit, you know, find somebody, find an adult, because if you don't, a lot of times it's hard to deal with things you've dealt with a lot and had to process it. The good Lord's helping you through it or different things. But, you know, there probably was some times between that point and now that your life was rough a little bit, that you were angry and dealing with different things, you know, because of that loss.
2: Yeah. Well, I had an emotional experience when I was probably eight or Mm nine-year-old. You could call it being saved. I don't believe that. I believe it was totally emotional. Um, And then with that experience I dealt with, uh, it really hardened me. Yeah. And my mother was praying mother and did all she could do, but I become very hard, very rebellious. I was lost. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm ashamed of a lot of stuff I did, but I was lost. That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And so until, I don't know. I don't know the age. I'm like Angie. I don't know the uh, my age. It was before we got married. And I do remember it was a Sunday morning. Yeah. And I do remember that what I got that day was different because I could have ripped the pew out of the concrete yeah. floor. No, like it was so bad, <laughs> and, yeah. and I wouldn't even—I wouldn't even go. I would not even go to church for years, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know. You could say, well, his mother, but my mother had remarried, and she was doing best she could do. But here I am, grown now. And, yeah. But however, that morning, all the things I had been raised to for right and wrong it it, it hit, hit that day. That day. Mm-hmm. And um I was a little bit too proud but once I made that first step <laughs> it was over. Well, it was good. And I it, i I've not been perfect since. I've heard your uh podcast and you know that's the biggest thing I think with Christianity is. People think they're just gonna you should be perfect. right? but you gotta do this. You gotta do that. That's not true.
1: Yep.
2: You know, no one is righteous. No not one. Yep. So But for grace. That's right.
1: Yeah.
2: And if I, and I'm just thankful that some of those things that I'd done and some of those things I went through, I didn't die while I was doing it because I'd went to hell. Mm Yeah. I believe that with all my heart. Yeah. And and that, and so I'm so thankful that uh, the good Lord spared me long enough to wake up and,
0: yeah hearing your story I just can't help but think about what what it is you do now as a principal and thinking about how different your perspective is for those kids in your building that you know are hurting and and you know we have kids that come in and out of our doors every day that have been through trauma mm-hmm. and in general that trauma doesn't come out by saying oh this this and this happened to me the way it comes out is they start acting out they misbehave they do wrong things but I can't help but believe your experiences give you a better look at that, that you you know when that kid is sent to your office because they're in trouble. I guarantee you, you know there's something else behind it than they were just acting right. up. I mm-hmm. tell my
2: teachers and I, I, every year, and I did again Wednesday, it, when you bring them to me, they're mine.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What's your, your expectations and my expectations are two different things. So if you don't want me dealing with it or addressing it, Take you need to manage it more. first right but some of the best relationships and most respectful former students i have is those kids that people give up on mm-hmm. and look down upon because of how they behaved or right. what they were you know and i know if i hadn't had such a, a good foundation and a mother mm-hmm. and of i would have been
0: yeah.
2: It, but, uh, mm-hmm. but so yeah. I, yeah. And some people may think, well, he's too soft on those type of folks, but it works.
1: Yeah. You well, know, it's not so. I think the same thing that I used to just see it a lot different. A lot of times that I was thinking, you know, that kid acting up, I just saw the the crime that they were doing. Right. But now being the principal, and I guess the Lord leading a whole lot with it. There's, there's a, you know, whatever they did, they have to be punished for that. But we need to fix the problem. There's a splinter in the paw. And you know, a lot of times, too many years, we don't help get that splinter out. We, if we could just talk, you know, a lot of kids haven't lost their dad in an accident, but their dad's just left and abandoned them, which right. is the same feelings that you went through. But they, they, their daddy chose not to ever come back. Yours didn't choose that. The accident happened. He had no control over that. But sometimes when someone abandons or never been in their life in general, and and you know, you said this, you're 54 years old and you still have that longing. Nothing could ever take the place of your dad. How many times have you seen people that are adopted and have a great family, a great life, but there's still something they long for, their mama or their daddy. They want to know more about their mama and daddy in that relationship. It's just because it was God's plan. We have a mother and we have a father. And that's the way it was supposed to be, and we, we are a unit. But, you know, uh, you, you've seen that, and what kids go through, it's crazy. And I know that you're like me. It, you, you want to take care of some parents when that's that situation, mm-hmm. when you see the hurt they're, they're putting yeah, on. And,
2: and everything's not a free pass for those no. kids, because you've know, you got to learn the r- responsibilities of right and wrong. And I don't. I want to back up just a little bit and say, you know, my mother did remarry, and my stepfather was good to us. He was good to my mother, but I had turned eighteen, and I'm sure he was a little apprehensive about his role. And and, you probably
1: wasn't the most easy at that point in life. I
2: never, I I never had a cross word with him, right? Nor with my mother, but. I wasn't rebellious to them in a, yeah. but I was uh, <laughs> pretty wild yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, I'm
0: guessing if you're like me there's some things they don't know and they will never know That's right. <laughs> there's some things my mama doesn't know and she won't know. <laughs>
2: there's exactly. some things
0: you don't need to know. Now the
1: church you were saved at was that your church or Angie's church or
2: I've been in the same church my whole life. Right. Man, right. Olive out at uh, Simcoe Berlin. It's on this road between 69 and 278 there.
1: You know, and that goes back, you may have been what your dad had instilled. Even though you were running, even though you were lost, there was a reason you came back to church for a time, or whether it was visiting or whatever it is. I think down deep, what you were raised with, those values, knowing that. But God knew that. And, and He led the Holy Spirit led you back mm-hmm. that way to be saved. But you know, like you said, a lot of people don't. They don't go back. They run from God their whole life. Yeah. And... You know, I just encourage if anybody's listening and you don't know the Lord, because we are all going to pass away here, That's and right. we are all going to be. We don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, uh, I, I want my family to know if something does happen. I love them, and and I know where I'm going to be, and and we'll see them one day. I hope they're ready, and I'm, our kids are both saved, and Amanda's saved. But still, I want to live a life here, and I want to enjoy life and to the fullest. But you know, as we were talking about before we ever started this, you know, less than 50% of the nation now confesses to be Christians, and I think it's too long because we've set back as a Christian group. And we just kind of let it happen, and uh, we've got to tell our stories. We've got to go out there, and we've got to do those kind of things. Oh, uh, Todd, being older than you, you know, did did he go through some of the same struggles? Do you think, or would he handle it a little bit better? Or it's hard to say. Everybody's got their own lives, you know. I didn't know if he had to try to take up a little more with he,
2: you. He did, but uh, I honestly, we've never discussed it. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He's always looked out for me. I know that, and we're close. Yeah. Uh, we still do a lot of stuff together, and but as far as sitting down with a conversation and and I've told them all before how much I appreciate them and things of that nature, but the effects. Yeah. It really, you can imagine. The sister, the only girl, I know it really wore her on her Mm -hmm. for a long time, but... uh shamefully I guess we've really not sat down and discussed it so I'm just trying to be as honest as I can no, and, and I think a lot of times
1: and, and again these sessions aren't to be therapy but a lot of times when we talk about stuff for the first time it makes us ponder questions and think about things yeah. and, and that's what we tell everybody when you listen to these everybody has something that we've talked about you might not have lost your parent I lost my mom and there's times I'm an idiot I want to pick up my phone and call my mom well, my mom's been gone several years now. But I had such a close relationship with my mother, I would tell my mom everything. And I to pick up a call and say, "What am I? but my mom's not around. And, and you know, I, I'm kind of different about this. You know, you talked about going back to decoration where your people are. My mom, where she's buried... You know, I realize as a Christian, that's not my mom. That's that's, that's her right. bones. That's mm-hmm. whatever. But her spirit's in heaven.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I, I think about that. I think about the life she lived instead of the body that was left behind. Yeah. And, you know, but it, it's different. People deal with things differently and going through. And, you know, going in through the situations that you all went through as a family, I can't imagine, you know, your, your sister being the girl. You know, the girls always kind of spoiled a little bit. The daddy looks out with them there a little bit, and they're daddy's girl. It it had to be, and then she probably felt a little responsibility with you two guys, trying to help with y'all and at least being at ball games and doing things. I know your family's your brother's been in a lot of things, and that's probably made you guys the dads that y'all are. You know, you've been a great dad with your girls and a husband, and Todd's the same thing. He's got a close family and and has grand... Todd has grand... He does. He has three... three four grand boys. Four yeah. Of,
2: two of them's twins and so...
1: And uh, so, you know, on that, but, you know, did, did you find yourself trying to, I guess, mimic what your dad did, the life he lived, or trying to be that dad?
2: Well, I didn't try. I don't purposefully... I didn't... I, I don't know how that works because yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love coaching. I love being involved with ball. I love doing things at the school. Probably more than I should. ain't you think
1: sometimes? <laughs>
2: but um, no,
3: I it's didn't. Our
1: people. Yeah,
2: it's our people. It's yeah, okay. yeah. I don't know that I tried. It just come natural to me. Uh,
1: it is, and we we said that a lot of times. Our kids end up being us a lot. You know, they can be one of the two parents. But the personalities, and I'm sure a lot of the things, but it's kind of what's instilled. You were brought up loving sports and being involved in athletics, and your dad had a big part of that but you know as as we grow older sometimes we you know the commercial amanda loves the commercial
0: oh i love those progressive commercials <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean? yes yes, yes. Like, uh, yes. then all the tall spill is on then nobody can sit down i'm like yeah i'm kind of that way and yes. we end
1: up our parents no yes. matter what we want to uh, be yes. yeah but yeah. um
2: it's i mean i'm thrilled to that this day people will talk about him mm-hmm. And a lot of times, people say that I'm like him. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it fills me with pride, obviously. But
1: uh,
2: it, it's to go out and try to be him. No, I've not.
1: Right. I've not tried. Well, to do that, and but. part of the you know, you have a lot of memories. But being 12, 13 years old, there was a lot that has happened since then that mm-hmm. you forget a lot of the little things. But, you know, that's the great thing about it. Your dad was a believer. We know one day you're going to see him again in heaven. And we'll have that time. There's a lot of memories you forgot. You have pictures. You have some stories. You have some of those memories. But, you know, that's the thing, that reassurance. You knew the kind of life he lived. And, you know, that was that's a great thing there.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes me wonder, like, I'm just listening to y'all talk, thinking about, okay, we're all, our the age that I look at my parents and I think about them being, so what are our kids going to say about us? Well, yeah. You know, and what um, are
2: other people going to say mm-hmm. about yeah. us? And that's the mistakes I've made in life. I hope doesn't come back to haunt mm-hmm. me. And I've never had anyone or, of course, you're not going to, someone's not going to come up directly and say, hey, your parent did this. Or, but you're going to, I've never heard a negative thing about him and, I'm sure that can't be said about me when I'm <laughs> dead and gone, but. Uh,
1: hey, at least the years we, we keep living longer, the people forget the stories that our youth. But, uh, you know.
2: But we do want to leave a positive legacy. We do want to, you know, like Commander saying, "What what are people going to say?" It's, you've heard the story about the dash, yeah, on the tombstone. I was just know. thinking that yeah. in my mind.
1: So, uh, well, and and your
2: dad's name was it Pete? What was his? His name, name was Harold Lee Hardman, which I'm Marty Lee. But somehow they called him Pete. See, as I was doing so,
1: that, that's what uh, I remembered seeing Pete like in yeah. parentheses or some quotations or something. But I figured nickname that was given or something with that one. But uh, he,
2: I think my one of my grand... His father or grandfather was Pete. So I think they may have Right. Pick that up from that, so.
1: Well, uh, you know, that dash that he lived was big, and I've, I've heard a lot of people speak very highly of him in the community. So, uh, you know, again, thankful for what he did, especially for the Fairview community and, and different things. And then, like you said, in the end, they don't care how much money you have. We talked about coming from some, you know, poor backgrounds and different things. You can't take the money with you. and That's I right. And the whole thing is, do we leave a legacy? Of caring, and what are people going to say about you in the long run? And that, that's the big challenge. And um, it
0: almost also makes me think about I mean, just hearing y'all talk and the conversation you'd had with Ricky the other night, how influential your dad, Marty, your dad was, you know, what piece of other people's story he was, the piece mm-hmm. of your story that your dad was. And so, not only have we got to make sure our dash. It's yeah. good, but we what pieces are we adding to other people's well, stories? It's, right? it's not necessarily
1: mm-hmm. about the quantity. You know, the mm-hmm. years your dad lived on this earth were not many. How old was he? About he was 40. 40 years old. You know, you thought 40 was old a long time ago, mm-hmm. but now that we're in our 50s, 40's not real old. And do you
2: know I struggled turning 40? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I've not struggled with a birthday since, but
2: that right there, somehow? Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm
2: it was it's It's a i don't know how to explain it but i was thinking uh
0: i imagine there are a lot of little triggers for you even yes. just listening to you talk about seeing the bus drive by yeah. every year in on the my building birthday that mm-hmm. you were in was that- asking you know, when my
3: birthday is
1: yeah is your?
2: of course it's not this same year but angie's birthday is on my
1: father's death date october wow. the 10th mm, so, so every year mm. yeah on my birthday well, I can tell you this: being a daddy, being an old guy, and I didn't know your dad very well. If, if I'm a dad and I say something, and my son can marry somebody like her, and you remember those days, that's what I'd want you to think about. And that, as a dad, you've got two daughters. If they married a great guy or whatever, with that part, that's the thing right there. You know what? That might be what. That might be a connection right there that you see as much as anything. You know what that you know one thing passes and something comes about and I know she wasn't born on that day but that's that's something look at the blessing how one thing left you but look at what you got that was special about that day yes and so you know that's that's kind of a neat thing to think about you know and I always think I hope my mom's looking down on me from above and if there's any way she can have blessings for me and my family I I guarantee she would if that's possible and, um, you know, one last thing that we'll talk about just, you know, briefly here, and it may not be able to say much, but like, you know, we talked about Angie and them going through a whole lot. You know, a lot of families are out there, like, I, we were talking about this basement that I'm in, always kind of envisioned that I would have to take care of my mom and dad. I'm an only child. So we put, we saw my mom taking care of her grandparents. Her they parents, yeah. Her parents, my grandparents, mm-hmm. and... The years it took off of her, she was the only girl, so there was two boys. And you know how the girls sometimes, they're better at that than we are. And Mm -hmm. the (laughs) oldest one. And and the oldest, (laughs) yes. And my mom would try to, I mean, it was her daddy. And trying to do everything, because dad took care of them and different things, but trying to be that person. But seeing them struggle to do that, and I wanted these doors because I saw my grandpa in a wheelchair, and they couldn't get him in and out and trying to go to the bathroom and different things. So when we built this bottom area, we made our doors handicapped accessible because we thought that. Now, my mom passed away, and who knows? It may be my dad. It may be one of us. We don't know. But, Angie, you and your family have been going through a whole lot with that. Your dad's uh, right now on hospice care, uh tell just anybody out there right now the struggle that it is just at when you get to this point a lot of times it's your family
3: well um it it's a struggle, but it's also a blessing. yeah, you get to spend more time with your your parents um but um you know unfortunately, there's my brother and my sister and I and we we stay every night, and my mother, my mother is an angel, she stays with him during the day and at night sometimes but um you know it's just hard to find people to to help stay with them um at night and um we're just day to day but um you know it's a hard time but it's it's also a blessing just to know um you know where he's going like i said earlier you know we he got sick all of a sudden and was in the hospital and all my sister candy would say was that we wanted to get him home to be able to see my mama and uh to make sure of his salvation yeah, you know that's the most critical thing and you know and it we have been we have gotten confirmation of that I had taken him back to the to the doctor and that's the day that uh they put him on hospice, but that's also the day that I got confirmation. Yeah. We, the doctor came in and told him that he um, there was just nothing else that we could do and that um, he was sending him home for with hospice. And uh, he left the room, and my dad um, just said, there's nothing else we can do. And I said, no, there's not, Dad. But I said, you know, we have... As long as we know where we're going when we leave this life, that's all that's mad. That, that's mm-hmm. all that matters. And um, you know, I, I said, um, Daddy, do you know where you're going? You know, there's there's only there's only two options here. Um, do you know Jesus as your Savior? And I just come out and ask him, and uh, he said, Oh, I know, I know Him. I've been saved. He said, You don't have to worry about that. He said, I'm going to heaven. And, you know, I've had a peace ever since then Amen. that no matter uh, what comes our way or what happens, we know where he's going. And um, and he has that calm assurance, too, you know, and he's talked about it several times um, since then. But um, so even though he's bringing, you know, we we're going through these hard times, we know. And we have that consolation that uh that he has been saved and that's all that matters
1: that's all that matters and and again we talked about a while ago marty didn't have marty knew where his dad's salvation was being the deacon and being in church and all that but that accident took place you've had a little bit of time to be there and and lord sometimes he gives those moments that you and your family have spent time with them and you have that confirmation. But you know what? If you've got loved ones out there that you don't know about at this point, and they may not be going through sickness, but if we don't have that uncomfortable conversation with them, I would rather have the uncomfortable conversation and them be mad at us and not want to speak to us here on this earth because they were mad. But you know what? I believe that we're going to answer one day that if you were around Marty and you never even once mentioned me. You know, we had that people talking about that um, How many people have had someone ever come up and tell them God's story? Well, a lot of people in church never had really had anybody tell them God's story. They heard the preacher. But talking about an individual come up anywhere in life. How many relatives do we have that are lost? And one day, I believe, I don't think that will keep us out of heaven. I believe, you know, our salvation is what's going to get us in. Yeah. But I think we will see that, that I put you, you played ball with that guy. You played softball with him for all those years, and you never once that's mentioned right. God. Right. And uh, and then we answer if we help to take him down a bad road. And uh, so that's the thing we challenge to live our lives like we can and do those things. And again, not to be hard having to bring up those situations for Angie or Marty But, you know, everybody's got their own stories, and our stories are still being written. And our challenge this year to our teachers and our kids at our school, it's my story. And that's a challenge to all you guys as well out there that's listening. Everybody's writing their stories currently right now, and if we can help add to someone's story and make it better, that's what we're called to do by the Lord, whether it's the family, the way you're helping, because I always think about its it's a unique circle of life you know, when your mom and daddy took care of you when you were a kid, when they had to do all those kind of things, and then it comes back around, it's hard, because it wasn't how it was intended. But yet, I don't know, it, it might be how it was intended. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't do the jobs that we're supposed to, we don't take care of them like we should. And I commend you and your family, you're doing what you're supposed to do. But, um, you know, tough episode a lot of fun memories but uh a lot of serious things out there and uh you know if you can be a difference for someone that's the challenge to be there and again i thank y'all for being willing to come on and talk about issues like this Mm -hmm. it's tough but it's gonna help it will it'll
0: help us well and we've just got to remember even if it just helps one person or one couple or one family uh it was worth it
1: and again, focus on this one too. That again, uh, y'all have got a great family, great marriage, just like all of us. I'm sure that uh, me and Marty always haven't been perfect and hardest ones to live with. But uh, we're glad that God gave us uh, great women and, and we outkicked our coverage. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all.